Welcome back to the Adult Study Guide podcast from Bogard Press. We're glad you've joined us as we look at the winner of 2021-2022 Adult Study Guide, The Gospel of Grace. As Brother Mark Clements walks us through the Book of Romans, we will see a beautiful picture of God's love for all people and His desire for them to know Him as Lord and Savior. Each week, Brother Mark will walk us through this story as we look at God's grace for us and others. Take it away, Brother Mark! Today's lesson is entitled, The Gospel of Grace and National Israel, from Romans 9-1 through 10-21. Seeking the Context Our modern world is full of cautionary tales about people who strike it rich, but end up losing everything because they were not able to take advantage of their privilege. One such man won a $27 million lottery jackpot a few years ago and squandered his winnings on luxurious living. He became addicted to drugs and spent his final years living penniless in a storage container until he died under hospice care at 58 years old. Sadly, just because someone enjoys a privileged position does not guarantee he will take full advantage of it. The nation of Israel was in a supremely privileged position when it came to their relationship with God. In Romans 9, Paul expressed his profound sadness that Israel had squandered their position as God's chosen nation when they rejected Jesus as their Messiah. God had set them up for success in His kingdom. They were God's chosen people, adopted as sons, enjoying close encounters with God's glory, and lived in covenant relationship with God. God gave the law through Israel and proclaimed His glory to the nations through their worship of Him in the temple. Verse 4. Yet in spite of all these advantages, when Jesus came to His own people, His own people did not receive Him. Israel's rejection of Jesus brought Paul intense anguish. He even expressed his own willingness to be cursed by God if it meant Israel would accept Jesus. Verse 3. Paul explained that God used the rebellion of Israel to accomplish his will of saving mankind through the death of Jesus. In doing so, God made known the riches of his glory to all mankind, Jews and Gentiles alike. Verses 18 through 24. Here, Paul described the delicate balance between the sovereignty of God and the free will of humanity. Paul wrote that God hardens some hearts to accomplish His will, yet still holds them accountable for their sin. It may seem like a paradox to us, but remember, God foreknew His own, verse 29, and He is the potter who can mold the clay in whatever form He desires. Our job is to simply trust Him and proclaim His goodness. Israel rejected Jesus as Messiah, and even though their rejection brought about the events of Calvary, Paul was nonetheless heartbroken that people with so much spiritual advantage forsook it all to embrace legalism. Paul's heart went out to his people, and his writing compels the reader to reach the unsaved. Whatever you may believe about the sovereignty of God and salvation, today's text is a call for Christians to evangelize the lost. If you are obedient to Jesus and fulfill God's calling in your life, you must take seriously the mandate to bring the good news to the lost. In today's text, Paul had Israel in mind specifically, but the lessons we will learn about the need of sharing the gospel apply to everyone we may encounter. Why do Christians struggle with sharing the gospel? 
searching the context. Number one, show compassion for the unsaved. Romans 10, 1 through 4. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth. One of our four children grew up in our home with a reputation of being the last person to finish his plate. I even have a picture of him sitting at the dinner table all by himself, staring down a plate of vegetables, refusing to eat. At the time, he was not convinced that vegetables were good for him, at least not good enough for him to force himself to eat. As the old saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. What is the Christian to do when the lost will not hearken to the glorious good news of the gospel? Paul described the Jewish people as having excitement for God, but only to force him to fit in their own understanding of him. In Paul's day, the religious Jews were zealous for keeping the religious laws that were beneficial to keep, but remained willfully ignorant of God's true righteous standard. Instead of submitting humbly to the will of God, they had rejected his son and persisted in propping up their man-made religion since it benefited them personally. What they did not understand was that Jesus was the person to whom the entire law pointed. Sadly, if they had simply repented and believed, they would have discovered the true righteousness of God that comes through faith. Unfortunately, they refused to listen to the words of Jesus. Maybe you know someone like this in your life, someone to whom you have talked to about Jesus over and over again, yet they simply would not repent and believe. Or maybe you know someone in your faith community who persists in legalism and refuses to show grace to fellow believers. Try as you might, you do not have the power to change someone else's heart. You cannot force anyone to repent and believe. What can you do? This chapter begins with the answer to that question. While Paul could not force Israel to repent and believe, he could modify his own conduct. Israel's salvation was the desire of his heart and the focus of his prayers to God. Paul made sure the salvation of others remained a burden on his own heart and stayed at the top of his list of intercessory prayers to God. You might not be able to convince someone to have a change of heart about God, but you can change your own heart toward them. Like Paul, you can make the salvation of others a top priority of your prayer life and allow it to change the way you feel toward them. If your heart is breaking for someone else's soul and you are praying for him, he will begin to notice how you treat him and will see the gospel displayed in your life. Additionally, when you lift others up in prayer, you are enlisting the help of the Holy Spirit to move powerfully in their lives for the sake of their eternity. How can you have a softened heart for the unsaved? Number two, clarify the way of salvation. Romans 10, 5 through 10. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, 
or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. As God gave his righteous standards of living to the nation of Israel, he explained that those who determined to find righteousness by obeying his commands must live by them all the time. Leviticus 18.5 Indeed, righteousness would have been possible if someone had been able to keep God's law perfectly. Unfortunately, Paul explained that that was never a possibility due to mankind's sinful nature. But there's good news. Before Moses died, he said that righteousness would be possible through a transformed heart, Deuteronomy 30, 10-14, which Paul explained as referring to the finished work of Jesus. Instead of fretting and striving to keep all the rules as if one had to ascend to heaven or descend into the deep on his own, Paul stated that Jesus had already accomplished everything necessary to make righteousness available. Salvation is now possible because of what Jesus did in fulfilling God's law. Now, all that is needed is belief in the resurrected Christ that leads to confession of Jesus as Lord. Belief that yields salvation is not simply intellectual acknowledgement, but a surrendering trust of the heart. This kind of faith will compel the believer to confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior. It is quite possible for people to be confused regarding salvation. With so many heresies running rampant in the world today, religious voices compete for everyone's attention, but with many divergent directions. It is the job of the Christian to simplify the way of Christ as much as possible. Instead of adding to the noisy confusion regarding salvation, true Christians must make the way of salvation clear. Repent of your sins, believe in the resurrection of Christ with your heart, and confess Him as Lord. Why is it so important to explain the way of salvation in simple terms? Number three, invite everyone to believe. Romans 10, 11-13 For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Luke recorded a story Jesus told about a man who prepared a large feast with many invited guests. When it came time for dinner, the invited guests began giving excuses as to why they could not attend. The master of the house became angry and told his servant to go out and invite the poor, crippled, blind, and lame that his house would not be empty. With room still available, the master told the servant to scour the highways and the hedges, compelling everyone he saw to come to the feast. Anyone invited could come. Luke fourteen sixteen through 24 this parable illustrated God's desire for his people to invite everyone to heaven through the gospel. Many who were invited would not come, but the invitation was still issued. Like the original invited guests of the parable, the Jews received the first opportunity to enter the master's home, but refused. Since there was still room at the table, the invitation was opened up to whomever would come. 
Paul explained that the invitation still stood. Whoever believed in Jesus would not be put to shame, but would be rescued and welcomed. Isaiah 49.23 Because of the work of Christ at Calvary, everyone is now invited to believe in Him and find salvation. This offer of rescue was for the Jews as well as the Gentiles, since God shows His great favor on all who call on Him in repentance and faith. Like the master in Jesus' parable who first invited those guests who were too preoccupied with their own pleasures to come, we might be tempted to only invite certain people to join us in our faith. We might have built-in preconceptions about people and tend to make judgments about what kind of person would respond to our invitation. But as the parable teaches, God wants us to extend invitations to everyone, no matter who they might be. We should invite the rich and the poor alike, those who are healthy and those who are ill, the young as well as the old, and those who are near as well as those who live far away. Christians should take the gospel to the highways and the hedges, to the far reaches of the globe, inviting everyone to come to Jesus. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but we must take the gospel to them. How can you make sure everyone knows they can be saved? Setting the application. Even though Israel had rejected Jesus as Messiah, Paul still held out hope that they would come to repentance and faith. He still issued the invitation to come to God through faith in Jesus, receiving the righteousness of God. Paul's heart was heavily burdened for his fellow countrymen. His heart was set upon their salvation and he kept them at the top of his prayer list. We should follow his example. Let us ask God to break our hearts for the unsaved, not only to have a desire to see them come to Jesus, but to take intentional steps in praying for them and taking the gospel to them. We do this because we are firmly convinced that whoever is so inclined to call upon Christ in faith will be saved, no matter who they might be. The blood Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary is powerful enough to save any and all who come to Him by faith. Our job is to love them, to clarify the gospel for them, and to invite them to come to Jesus. How will you share the gospel more intentionally this week? Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible Daily Devotionals on our Daily Devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.